In today's show, we're looking at injuries around the NBA, updates on Michael Porter Jr. Do we need to do anything with that? Let's see. Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at basketballmonster.com and at Yahoo Sports Australia. And you can find me on Twitter as always at redrock underscore beeble and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Thank you for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free. And we're available on all platforms. We're here with this show that we do every week. Looking at injuries around the NBA. So, Warney. Let's get it on, Gilly. <laughs> the Atlanta Hawks. They do play today. Um, and it's not likely we're going to have John Collins play in that game. He is listed doubtful. This will be his sixth game in a row that he's missed. Has not played a full game since the 8th of February. So we're talking about a pretty you know, lengthy time frame here. Three, four weeks of this uh, foot sprain, strain, sorry. Hopefully he's back soon with him out. Danilo Gallinari, the Italian cock, has been our guy to stream in. It's been hit or miss. In general, it's been worth it, but it's been hit or miss overall. And Lou Williams is out with a hip problem he missed on Saturday. He'll miss on Tuesday again. He's only a small part of the rotation, but what his absence does do, because they don't replace him in the rotation. So he's 12, 13 minutes. It goes to Hunter. It goes to Bogdanovich. It goes to Herder. And that's important for those guys. But Williams is sort of going to be in and out of the lineup, I would guess, for most of the rest of the season. This next one's pretty easy. The Boston Celtics. They're good. There's no one injured. Love seeing that, don't we? Absolutely fantastic. The Brooklyn Nets, not quite as clean of an injury report. A lot going on there. Kevin Durant will miss Tuesday's game. There is a chance that he is back Thursday against Miami, if not Sunday against the Celtics from his MCL sprain. So that's a positive development. Ben Simmons is back. I don't know. It's just so many... The Nets is shocking with injury reports. The, the Simmons stuff, it's like, oh, maybe he'll be back in a week. Then reports are maybe he's back for the playoffs. Maybe he's back at the end of March. I just don't know when he's going to return. Overall, the tenor of things isn't particularly good, but yeah, the skeptics in people and, and in me would say that, yeah, he'll be back straight after the Philadelphia game. Is, is that what's going to happen? It's highly, highly possible. You want to talk about someone who's got um, you know, um, some mental health issues based on their former workplace, and if you're their new workplace, you're probably not going to subject them to go and play in that former workplace. Uh, I, can, I can totally understand doing that, which that game in Philadelphia is on the 10th of March. So maybe he's back for the 13th, and you've got to determine whether that's worth you holding on to him. Andre Drummond hurt his knee. Yesterday, he is questionable for today. He did return and play, but didn't play that much. So we want to see whether he's ready to go for Tuesday. Kyrie Irving, you know what the situation is. Well, actually, let's let's be fair. You know as much as I do. We know that he's not playing today. We know that he's not playing on Thursday. We know that the, the rules aren't going to change on the 7th of March, but we don't know if they're going to change or when they're going to change to allow him to play. So at this point, we're proceeding with the assumption that he won't play in home games. But there's a chance that he might play in home games. We just don't know when that's going to be. I get the feeling, as I said the other day, that if they were going to allow him to play 
you know, straight after March 7th, they just would have made it on March 7th. So I don't think it's going to be, well, the 14th is ready or the 18th is ready. I think maybe April, but I, I just don't know. That's just a guess. Um, Cam Thomas hurt his hand yesterday. He's questionable for today's game. He's only like a really like a deeper league guy who can stream in for the points category, and that's about it. And Joe Harris, again, the Nets just don't tell us anything. I honestly don't see how Joe Harris is um, returning this season. They're being so evasive with this potential need or lack of need for a second surgery. I don't think he's playing again um, this year. So obviously, hopefully, nobody is still holding Joe Harris. But if you are, please don't. Let's look at the Charlotte Hornets. A few injuries there with, again, not a huge amount of clarity. Gordon Hayward, I just don't know when he's going to come back. I would expect another couple of weeks at least. He has been out since the 7th of February. So we're closing in on a month. All the all we got initially was out indefinitely. I would expect him to be back after the 7th of March and probably be ruled out for all of this week and probably all of next week would be my guess with maybe a return coming on the 14th of March. But that's just pure speculation. And again, you know best what your league is. But if he's not available for round one of the playoffs, which could be next week for you, you might have to drop him. We also don't have an update on Jalen McDaniels, who's out with an ankle. He's been out much longer than Haywood. That was a pretty significant ankle injury. James Booknight missed the last couple of games with a neck problem. And Nick Richards missed last game with a foot issue. Not that those guys are players who are going to play um, most of the time, but they are on the injury report. Also worth noting that uh, Isaiah Thomas signed with the Hornets. No, you don't add him, of course. But they don't have a backup point guard. So maybe IT can play 13 minutes, 12 minutes on his 10-day? That might have something for 20-team leagues, but that's really about it. Let's look at the Chicago Bulls. Alex Caruso looks like he'll be back in practice soon, so I'm going to say another 10 days or so before he returns to action. I've got him targeting around the 16th of March for a return, but he's not good enough to hold if as an injured player through that time. If you need the injured slot, drop him. If you don't have an injured slot, drop him. I think he's going to have value, but we're a way away from that happening. Lonzo Ball, I'm expecting a little bit longer, probably towards the 25th of March. And again, we talk about holding on to guys. I don't think it's worth it. I don't think Lonzo is coming back or playing enough to make any impact in March whatsoever. And that is not worth it in a fantasy league. You've got to become ruthless at this point. Now, we could come here today and then tomorrow there's an update on Lonzo. He's ahead of schedule. He'll be back in a week. And you're going to go, fuck, what did I drop him? But you've got to look at the probabilities of these things. And it's always with a drop. If you don't need to drop somebody, don't drop them. I think that's pretty simple. Like It's not like, hey, is this guy a must drop? Well, it depends on who you're adding. If you're sitting pretty, if you've got a playoff buy, if you're demolishing your opponent, if you don't need the production and your opponent's got six injured guys, then you don't need to drop somebody. You can wait until we hear more information. But if that's not the case and you're desperately scrounging for every game played and every bit of production you can get, then you've got to start making these decisions. And this is that time of year where you do it, where stashing becomes a lot harder given where we at with, what, six weeks to go or seven weeks to go in the NBA season. All I know is there's not very long left at all. But I do know that prize picks is one of the best ways for you to get out there and play daily fantasy. In fact, it's daily fantasy made easy. I know you're going to love it. It's so easy to use. You pick two to five players and you just look at their props. 
So you look at their points line or their rebounds line or their assist line and you just go, I'm going to take the over or the under. That's it. You can have threes or blocks or steals or whatever. Smoosh them together and you can win up to 10 times your entry fee. And you can make that in 60 seconds or less. Price Picks offers safe and fast withdrawals and their app is award-winning both in the App Store and the Google Play Store. So easy. For a limited time, actually, before we do that, Price Picks doesn't just offer NBA. You've got college, basketball, you've got um, soccer, MMA, all sports, really. Everything there. Baseball, I guess, if they ever decide they want to play again. Price Picks is an exclusive no-brainer of an offer for all of our users. You get 50 bucks for free. If a player in your first Price Picks entry scores a single point, but you must use the code NBA. That's right. It's an exclusive offer available to Locked On fans. Sign up today and use the code NBA. 50 bucks for free. If a player in your first Price Picks entry scores a single point. Let's look at the Cavs. Darius Garlo Garland. The report is that he has a bone bruise in his back, which sounds pretty shithouse. It doesn't sound good at all. We don't really know when he's going to return. He's missed three straight coming out of the All-Star break, which is concerning. Um, Their next game is on Wednesday. We hope he's going to be ready to go, but we just don't know that. Garland is so good that you don't make that drop yet. He's a guy you have to hold without any definitive timeline. If it if it strings on and you're into halfway through week you know week one or week two of your playoffs, he's not there, then yes. But I think you've got to hold it. Every indication is his day-to-day. Karis Levert, you might get him back on the weekend from that foot sprain. He's been out since uh, the All-Star break. It was going to be one to two weeks. We're at one week this uh, Friday. He might not return then. So we'll see where he goes. I'm not massively high on his rest of season value. Rondo's out for another couple of weeks, which means with Rondo, Lavert, and Garland all out, Brandon Goodwin is the biggest beneficiary there, and he's been playing well in the, the absence of those guys. Good streamer. For Dallas, bunch of guys out. None of them really matter. Frank Nilakina with an ankle, Marquise Chris's knee, Trey Burke's shoulder, Theo Pinson's finger, and Timmy Hardaway won't play again this regular season, would be my guess. None of those other four, apart from Hardaway, make any sort of impact onto the Mavericks rotation. They're just not players who play. Let's look at the Denver Nuggets. The headmaster, Jamal Murray. Again, we should be expecting that he returns at some point in April. He tore his ACL in April. It appears that we're going with a 12-month, or if you're the Orlando Magic, 12-year return from ACL injuries. So there is no need to have Jamal Murray on a fantasy roster. You might be the most kissed-on-the-dick fantasy manager of all time, and you have never had an injury all season, so you've been able to hold Jamal in your IL slot. If you have, congratulations to you. You are a legitimate freak. That's amazing for you. But nobody's in that situation. So there's just no reason to be holding on to a bloke who's been out for an ACL injury, who might come back and give you five games of 20 minutes in April. Not worth it. The other one's Maga Porter Jr., who had back surgery. Let, let's get one thing here. He was dreadful before the back surgery, but you have to think that he was dreadful because of the back. Because last year, he was pretty good. And we thought, all right, second, third round player this year. No Jamal Murray is going to step up. And then he was honestly horrible. But he's coming back from back surgery. He is being assigned to the G League at the moment. Um, He went through some one-on-one work today. He's practicing with the G League in the near future. But a one-on-one today means you're probably still two to three weeks away from at least five-on-five and contact stuff and then getting back into action. And that means that we're talking 20th, 25th of March, maybe. 
possibly? Do we actually expect that Michael Porter Jr. is going to... Let's just say, like, the 16th. So that's... It's the second here today. It's the first in America. So we're two weeks away. We expect him back on the court playing 27 minutes a night in two weeks. And the answer should be a resounding no. Do you expect him on the court in three weeks? On, say, the 26th? Playing 20 minutes a night? Maybe. Is that worth it, though? Is it worth the zeros? Is it worth clogging your IL slot? And in nearly every case, the answer is no. I don't believe. Could be wrong. Could be wrong. But just banking on blokes coming back from long-term injuries in the middle of your fantasy playoffs towards the end of your fantasy playoffs, I just think he's a losing proposition. I wouldn't bother with it personally. Zeke Nagy's dealing with knee soreness. He was playing really well before his knee issue. Now we just don't know when he's back. And DeMarcus Cousins is playing well also. So how does Cousins and Green and Nagy and the other Green all fit in? Nagy was stepping up, but I'm a bit worried here. Bones Highland, the big stiffy, hurt his ankle last game. His role has been reduced anyway, so he's only a very, very deep league guy. And Vlatko Chancha, I don't think we're going to see him play um, at all this season with that fractured foot. On to the Detroit Pistons. MC Hamadou Diallo. Sprained his ankle. He is questionable for Tuesday's game. He's only been a steals streamer. Um, That's really it for him. Frank Jackson looks like he'll return. He's missed, what, five straight with a back issue? His return's going to probably, you would guess, take someone like Magruder out of the rotation, I guess, and probably have an impact somewhere on Hayes or Joseph, or maybe. I don't know what um, Dwayne Casey's going to do. And Marvin Bagley's doubtful for Tuesday with that ankle problem. So that means that Kelly Linick has an opportunity, maybe even Isaiah Livers, who played pretty well last game. That's, of course, just very deep league stuff. Bagley should not be a 12-team league player. I don't think Linux should be either, but he's at least streamable with um, the absence of Bagley for Tuesday's game. Maybe Marvin Bagley needs some built Bars. Maybe he needs more protein into that ankle to help himself heal. Because built Bar, Marvin, if you're listening, and I'm sure you're a massive fan of the show, we, we know that everyone's tried protein bars and you have to gnaw your way through it because it just tastes like garbage. It tastes like cardboard. You want to chuck some hot sauce on it so you can get through it. Built Bar's not like that. It tastes like a candy bar. But it's high in protein. It's low in calories. It's low in carbs. It's low in fat. It's low in sugar. And have you tried their new Built Bar Puffs? Protein-infused marshmallowy goodness. And all of these bars are covered in 100% real chocolate. So you're getting a treat. Feels bloody good to get a treat. And you're doing something good for yourself. Jacking yourself full of protein. Absolutely fantastic nutritional profile. And you can get them for 15% off. But only if you use our code LOCKED15. So head to Built.com. Use the promo code LOCKED15 to get yourself boxes and boxes of Built Bar. Built Bar is built different. Let's look at the Warriors. Clay Thompson's out again with an illness. Huh. Hope he's all right. But that's two games in a row for Clay. And there was some thought that he might not even join the team on the road trip. Now, that's sort of been pulled back a little bit, and he might join them for Thursday in Dallas. But their road trip goes through till next Monday against the Mavericks. So they've got four more games on the road. So don't be surprised if Clay misses more time here. That does help Gary Payton. Theoretically, it helps Jordan Poole, but it didn't last game. He's been really bad of late. And that is definitely a worry. He hasn't exceeded 25 minutes in the last five games. That is a concern. He's not a drop but he's not far off. James Wiseman, we might get a return next week from Jim, from Blunty. I know their center situation is not very good, 
Oh, Kevon Looney's a good player, but behind him, it's Bielitsa, and there's no Draymond. So there are minutes available for Wiseman. I don't think there are 25 of them a night. I don't think there are even 23 of them a night for a bloke who hasn't played well ever in the NBA and is coming back from two knee surgeries. Again, he might have an impact. He's someone to watch, to see what he can do. Maybe he comes out and blows us all away. I wouldn't personally be expecting that or taking that risk on grabbing him. But it looks like his return is imminent. Draymond is doing some practice. Draymond Green, of course. I don't know why I clarified that. There's no other Draymond. Draymond Green is doing some uh, practice work at the moment, but I'm still not expecting him to return until middle of March and then limited minutes. And again, if you are in a crunch and you've got multiple players hurt, you might have to move on. If he's not available for week one of your playoffs next week and you need an injured slot or you've got multiple hurt players, you might need to move. You have to just view that yourself. Iguodala's back issue, this is obviously a real concern. He's played like six minutes in the last two months almost. He's just not playing at all. Not that he's a guy that's going to get many minutes or impact any fantasy leagues, but it does help the value of Kaminga and Porter and those sort of players. And then Bielitz is dealing with a quad issue. I think he's going to be out of the rotation when Wiseman's available anyway. Let's look at the Rockets. Kevin Porter Jr. cut his hair, for those of you who care. Shaved it off. He's also dealing with an ankle problem. With him out, we just stream in Dennis Schroeder. Porter has missed three of the last four games. Of course, he has two before the break with an illness. Came back, played 21 minutes, and then uh, set out again on Sunday. We'll see whether he plays on Tuesday, but the frustrations with this bloke continue. While Gary Bird, Garrison Matthews also sprained his ankle in that game on Sunday. He was able to return, but is now listed as questionable for Tuesday. If he is out, if Porter is out, of course, that boosts Schroeder. And maybe we get a little bit out of Joshy Christopher in that situation. Hopefully, fingers crossed. Usman Garuba out with a wrist issue. I don't expect him to play this season, unfortunately. The Pacers have got a full injury list. Chris Duarte's toe issue flared up again. He played 15 minutes before leaving early. I don't believe that Chris Duarte is a must-roster player. With Heald and Halliburton and some Malcolm Brogdon, he's just not going to get enough. And he's not good enough in low minutes to be that guy. He needs high usage and high minutes to be useful. And he's not getting them. And he's hurt. I wouldn't bother with him in most formats. Miles Turner, we're probably still a week or two away. Again, the same rules apply. If you need a roster spot with an uncertain return date, you, you, you might have to move. Look, he could easily be top 30 rest of the way, but he's also going to be pretty limited. I wouldn't think it's a necessary hold. Lance Stevenson's out with an ankle problem, but there's too many guards ahead of him there. And TJ Warren and TJ McConnell, the TJs, I don't think they're playing this season. It'd be good to get an update of something on especially TJ Warren, who you know, Rick Carlisle told us was coming back in December. Um, we're now in March and uh, following the Jonathan Isaac rehabilitation program. We just don't know when uh, TJ's returning, but I wouldn't bother with him. Let's look at the Clippers. Paul George. Now, I, I am partially sort of a member of the media. I guess I am. I get media NBA access, so I guess I'm part of the media, but I don't get into these press conferences to ask these coaches or things like that. But when you know, Ty Lue, when Paul George has got, here's his MRI. We're telling you he's having the MRI on February the 24th, right? That happened. And the question in Ty Lue's response was, yeah, he had the MRI. Um, he's feeling better, but he's not ready. Okay. That tells us, actually, doesn't, it doesn't tell us much. Now, I've got to be able to interpret that. But surely the question is, what did the MRI actually say? What happened? Because the report was, if the MRI was clear, he'd ramp up, he'd be back in two weeks. So it feels pretty obvious to me that the MRI was not clear. Is he having season-ending surgery? Is he going to be out for the rest of the year? I would say there's a better than not chance of that happening. Yeah, 
I think that I think that's going to happen. And again, our report or the report was if things were clear on the 24th, it would be like a two-week ramp up for him to return. Well, things were not clear on the 24th. So that two-week ramp up now goes, you would think it's a minimum of three weeks before he returns. 20th of March, is that the earliest that Paul George is back? Maybe. And then where are you in the playoffs? We just do not know. There was It was a non-update update, but the fact that the update didn't say he is good to go and he's ramping up should make you worry about holding on to Paul George. That's how I would view that. Norman Powell, I don't think there's any chance he plays in the regular season. Kawhi Leonard, I don't think there's any chance he plays in the regular season. Maybe he gets one game in. Remember, he tore his ACL in June. June. Yes, it was only a partial tear, but June. A return in April is a 10-month return. Don't think he's playing. And Jason Preston, don't think he's playing either. Not that it really matters all that much. For the Lakers, um, a lot happening here. Anthony Davis with that foot sprain. There was a weird report that I think got misreported somewhere saying that he'd be out for another four to five weeks. I think that was just the initial time frame. Again, he's not a player that you need to hold. As much as we love Anthony Davis for what he does when he's actually on the court, you can't hold that. Four to five weeks is... That's that's March done. That's regular season done. Do not hold Anthony Davis, is my opinion. Um, The GOAT. Fucking goat outside. It's just a goat. No, it's a fucking goat. It's probably one of the only things I like trolling about is when I call LeBron the goat because people get very up in their feelings about it. <laughs> and uh, I just do it because I know they're going to get up in their feelings and I'm sure someone will get up in their feelings about it here. But anyway, LeBron's knee looks real bad to me. Not Actually, not true. Real bad is Jonathan Isaac where the knee just disappears and then you've got a shin attaching to a quad somehow. Um, we'll talk more about him later. Um, but he doesn't look himself at all. And he's appearing on the injury report as questionable again for Tuesday. He's playing a ton of minutes. I think at some point, this knee problem is going to get to a stage where LeBron does not play. That is a guess. The Lakers season is a disaster. And I think LeBron's season will end early. The only thing that's keeping him from doing that is the pursuit of Kareem Abdul-Jabbar's scoring record. And I just, I really worry about his knee. His groin, his ankle, he's had all these issues with his lower body and he does not look, he's got no lift at all at the moment. It's a real worry. If you could get anything back for LeBron in a trade, top 10 player. Remember, he's the third ranked player this year on a per game basis. I think you got to do it. Austin Reeves is dealing with an ankle problem. He's probable for today. He's starting, but he's one of the worst fantasy players out there. I like what he does on court, but he's not good for fantasy. Avery Bradley's still out with a knee injury. Um, good for the Lakers anyway. He was... Uh, yeah, one of those, him and DeAndre Jordan, amazingly, both they were both on the same team, um, were two of the biggest um, how-are-you-in-the-NBA players in the NBA. Kendrick Nunn. Huh? Remember this bloke? I know a lot of you think he's good. I don't. Um, we just He's not playing. And we just get no updates. End of March was the last thing we heard. So, obviously, he's not having any impact in fantasy leagues. Let's go to the Memphis Grizzlies. Dylan Brooks isn't good enough to hold. We don't know when he's back. We assume at some point this, mar- this month. It could be next week. But he's not good enough to hold through uncertainty. I don't know what's going to happen when he's back in terms of the impact on Desmond Bain. Desmond Bain obviously shitting the bed at the moment, but he'll be better than that. Um, Brooks isn't good enough to hold. When you hear he's back, grab him. But now, no. John Conchar is dealing with an ankle problem. That doesn't appear serious. And Eve Pons is dealing with a thigh issue. But 
even if that was serious, he's not impacting the rotation anyway. Miami Heat, you've got to be worried for a number of reasons here. Kyle Lowry is out again for the second straight game with personal reasons. We know that he missed weeks for personal reasons earlier in the season in January, and we were led to believe it was due to an illness with a family member. I think it was his mother. So the fact that he's back out again for personal reasons makes you think there is a potential here for extended absence for Kyle Lowry. That is a definite worry. Now, like last time, we heard nothing, and it was just game by game, game by game. If you are in the playoffs, if this is your playoff week, he's already missed this game. There's another game on Thursday, which you would assume, well, he's going to miss Wednesday. You would assume he misses Thursday. Probably misses Saturday. Saturday. Well, maybe he plays Saturday against Felix. It's in Philly. But you got to start making that decision. Like if he gets ruled out of both of these games this week, um, it, it becomes a worry, I think. Gabe Vincent's the option, yeah, option there. Victor Oladipo could return maybe next week. I don't have any interest in him for fantasy. I don't know what he's going to provide. I don't know what minutes he's going to get. Now, if Lowry does miss a bunch of time, then that does help Oladipo. But he hasn't played in a year. He played poorly when he played, and there are a lot of other guards on this team. So I'm not super interested in him. And Markeith Morris, he's been listed as coming back with conditioning for about two months. I know he copped that hit from Nikola Jokic, which was bad. And he had pre-existing neck issues. But he has consistently been listed as out for conditioning for months. I don't know why the I don't know why it's taking so long. On to the Milwaukee Bucks. Georgie Hill. He's out with a neck issue. He has missed a lot of time with this. Weeks and weeks and weeks. Almost well, over a month, actually, with his neck issue. And he's going to be out, it looks like, the rest of this week as well. That helps the Wes Matthews and uh, Grayson Allens and Javon Carters and those sort of players. Not enough to be 12-team league players, but it does um, it does help them to, uh, an, enough to be yeah, options, I guess, is a better way of me phrasing that. Not that we need to get too excited about it, of course. But yeah, George Hill out for another couple of games. Pat Connaughton. He's out through most of March with a broken hand. And Brooke Lopez, we don't really have any update on Brooke. He could come back towards the end of March, but you shouldn't bank on that or rely upon that in any way. For the uh, Minnesota Timberwolves, Goose, Anthony Edwards. He appeared on the injury report as questionable for left patella tendinopathy. Scares the shit out of me, to be honest. The patella tendinopathy is that issue that Kawhi had. Um, it's a degenerative type issue, tendinopathy usually. It's a, it's a, it's a worry. It's a real worry for me because he's obviously looked pretty poor. He was better last game against the Cavs. But let's see whether he plays on Tuesday. It is a back-to-back. I am a bit worried. And Jared Vanderbilt Bar has appeared with shoulder soreness, maybe from smashing too many Bilt Bars. He obviously has been inconsistent. I think he's got some value for certain teams, um, but he can be dropped. Like the upside's not high enough where if you're frustrated, you, you you can't like move on from him. McKinley Wright's dealing with a UCL issue, but has he even played a minute this year? Onto the Pelicans. Zion Williamson out with a broken foot. Surely nobody's still holding Zion Williamson outside of keeper leagues. I don't think he's playing this year. Uh, Larry Nance is dealing with that knee issue and the knee surgery. I don't think he's playing this year either. And that is all they have in terms of injuries. They just actually signed uh, Alizé Johnson, who we know occasionally could have big games, but not reliably at all. On to the Knicks. We got the word that Derek Rose was set to return. And then we got the word, oh, actually, Derek Rose is having surgery on his ankle again. You go, oh, no. But in the good news... The surgery was not on the um, on the ankle joint. 
it was there was an issue with a skin infection around the ankle and they just needed to debride it. So that's only a short-term thing, which is great. Now, we know Alec Burks is stinking at the moment as the starting point guard, but we're still probably a couple of weeks away from Rose returning, middle of March return maybe. I don't think he's worth a stash. His upside is not that high. To deal with a bloke coming back from ankle surgery and then second ankle surgery, different surgery, of course. I don't think it's worth a stash. Quentin Grimes out for a couple of weeks with the knee issue. Um, with him out, you've got Cam Reddish filling into that role. Not that that you know, should excite anybody for fantasy, but he is filling in that role. For those in deeper leagues, he's not really going to push to a large role. While Nerlens Noel is dealing with a plantar fasciitis issue, that means that Jericho Sims is getting run. And those of you in deep leagues, the blocks, rebounds, and field goal percentage that Simsy gives us is interesting. He's got value there. The Thunder. A lot of names here. A lot of names. Ludort. No, my son is also named Bort. Dealing with a shoulder problem. He has now missed five straight. We assume he's questionable for Wednesday. But look at the names that are out here. Dort, Giddy, Wiggins, Williams, Jerome, Mascala, Robinson Earl. He had seven rotation players. If they're all out. So that's why when we look at the value of Trey Mann or Pokashevsky or Roby or Baisley or Maladon or Krejci or Olivier Saar, these guys who are getting minutes, it's because there's so many players out. So I don't think Mann has any value when Dorton Giddy play. I'm not sure Pokashevsky does either. But with Wiggins out, definitely on Wednesday, Pokashevsky's got a boost. And with Giddy out, Mann's got a boost. Now, Giddy's going to miss, I would expect, at least the rest of this week, maybe next week. And he, again, if we hear that he's out next week as well, that's a drop. As much as I like Josh Giddy, if a bloke's going to be out with an uncertain timeline at least two weeks, which is possible, we haven't heard exactly, they just said it's not day-to-day, which is concerning. So if you're going to be out two weeks, yeah, you got to say see you later. A lot of injuries there, though. On to the um, Orlando Magic. Mo Wagner dealing with a rib issue. He was putting up some okay numbers as the backup center for deeper leagues ahead of Robin Lopez. But yeah, he's missed, what, three weeks now with this rib issue. Um, of course, Markel Fultz has returned. Looks pretty strong from his ACL injury, but I just don't think there's going to be enough minutes there for him straight off. I, I would like there to be because yeah, I, I want players to succeed unless they're shit blokes, and I don't think Fultz is. Um... But it was, yeah, it was, it was good to see. It was just good to see him out there getting those, um, getting those reps in and playing pretty well. Let's talk about John Isaac. He is alive. I saw him on the bench. I, I maybe he returns. I, I just have, I just have no faith in it. You surely, surely nobody is holding on to Jonathan Isaac. Nobody should be stashing John Isaac. He could very well come out with the Darth Maul leg replacement from Clone Wars here. And I wouldn't be shocked given how long this has been. We had 19 months now, I think. 19 months return, at least 18 months return from an ACL injury. It's unbelievably long. It's ridiculous. The Sixers, no injuries. Great success. On to the Phoenix Suns. Few injuries. Chris Paul being one of them. We know that he's basically after the regular season. He's a drop. But the good news is that Cameron Payne is back, or close enough to back. He's practicing. There was a quote from Tory Craig said it's going to be great to have him back out there tomorrow. Is he going to play on Wednesday? If not, you would think that Friday or Sunday is a definite return for Payne. And the Sun said that, yeah, when he's back, he will start. So Cam Johnson will move to the bench. 
Now, I don't know how high. I don't know if that means we get 25 minutes of campaign or does he play 30? Could very easily play 30. Do we want to fall back into the grab campaign situation, which we did around the All-Star break when Chris Paul was out and then he's missed these next three games? I don't, I don't, I don't mind. Look, that is a speculative fly on a bloke who might be back, might be a starting point guard, might play 30 minutes a night, might be a top 100 player. There's a lot of mites in that sentence, but I'd say all of those have 75% chance of happening, which is pretty good odds. So the pain return, and the question we had was, oh, if he returns, does he even start? Well, it looks like, yes, he does. Now, does start, starting mean 24 minutes or 30 minutes? In general, with Phoenix, starting just means 30 minutes, 30 minutes plus. They don't normally do the bullshit starter, which is good for his value. And then Frank Kaminsky, we're not going to see him this season. I'll tell you who else we're not going to see this season, Damian Lillard. Yes, he is reevaluated in two to three weeks, and the reevaluation will say, oh, it's healing well, but we'll see you next year. Damien Lillard basically went on Draymond Green's podcast and said, yeah, I'm done. He said, yeah, I don't think it makes a lot of sense for me to come back um, with your direction the organization's going. I'm, I'm feeling good and I'm ready for next year. That's basically what he said. A lot of paraphrasing there. But no, do not, you don't need to add Damien Lillard. No, you don't need to hold Damien Lillard. I don't think. And I told you this weeks ago, my plan of attack with Lillard was to drop him. Weeks ago. And nothing has changed. Justice Winslow is dealing with an Achilles issue. He is a must-roster player, but if he has to miss a couple more games here, then he's not good enough to hold on to through that bullshit. Eric Bledsoe's fake Achilles injury is still there. I don't expect him to play a second for Portland. Yusuf Nurkic's plantar fasciitis will end his season, is my guess. That's not official. He'll be reevaluated in four weeks. And by reevaluated, that means, again, see you next season. Or actually, for Nurkic, maybe don't see you next season. He's done. You can drop him. Uh, and Didi Luzada is dealing with a knee problem. Again, I don't know if he's going to play ever for Portland at all. Well, at least this season. Sacramento Kings, Rashawn Holmes. He's got a back issue. Or maybe the back issue is like, take me back to when I was a starting center. Because apparently he has not adjusted well to being the backup. No shit. So yeah, obvious. All right, it's confessional time. A lot of you have fake names on YouTube anyway, so it doesn't matter. Please, if you're here in the live chat, if you're in the comments, drop it below. Are you still holding Rashawn Holmes? Do you need help? Are you still doing it? If you are, it's a safe spot. Drop your comments below. Tell me. Um, try and rationalize it if you want. But please just drop him. In fact, Jack Armstrong. Get that garbage out of here! For San Antonio, Romeo Langford is dealing with an adductor issue. He's also dealing with the, the issue of being Romeo Langford, so he won't be an impact player in fantasy. But you want to talk some positive news? The Jedi. OG Ananobi. But what about Scarf? OG. Stop, OG. Uh, you better stop, OG. He's questionable. He might play today. And this is what we talked about with Ananobi. It's like, okay, this sounds shit with his finger injury, but the report was that there's maybe a week of rest and he'll try and play through it. He'll go see the specialist. Let's wait to see what the specialist says. We didn't actually hear what the specialist said, but what we did hear is he's questionable to play. Now, whether he plays Tuesday or not, or whether he's back Thursday, he should be on a roster. Oh, but OG sucked this year, Josh. He's been dreadful. Yeah, but he's still a top 60 player. So if that's your definition of suck, you're in a four-team league and congratulations on your league. And Anobi should be rostered. But what this does is it, if he plays, it puts a pin in the value of Thad Young this week. It, well, Boucher's value is already done. And the big sneeze pressure to Chua, ah, he's cooked. I know he played well last game, but if Anobi's there, what does he get? A scrap 20 minutes off the bench, maybe? The value of him, of a Chua last game, was no Ananobi, no Van Vliet. And both of those guys might play as early as today. I don't know that yet. As for Freddie, 
He's questionable again for today. We are worried about this knee problem for sure. He's played two of the three games post-All-Star break. Missed that game yesterday. But I think with the five-game week, he was always going to sit at least one of these five games, maybe two. If he misses today's game, Fred Van Vliet, I'm more concerned because I was always expecting him to miss at least one of the back-to-backs or at least one of both of the back-to-backs this week. For the Jazz, Jared Butler's dealing with an ankle injury. That's fine. He's not a rotation player anyway. And then lastly, we go on to the Washington Wizards. Um, Vernon Carey. Did you know Vernon Carey was on this team? Vernon Carey dealing with a hip problem. Not not an issue. And Christos Porzingis. I think, I think what Christos' problem is, is he's just too healthy. That's why they can't play him. Because obviously, they told us that he was fine. And he was ready to play first game after the break. But maybe he was just too healthy. Maybe he was radiating too much positive energy. And it was just impacting everybody else. And they're like, I can't concentrate. I've never seen a bloke be this healthy before. So they had to say, Kristaps, can you just turn the health down a little bit before you get back out there? Because you're distracting everybody with just how robust you are. Maybe that's what happened. Because surely they wouldn't lie to us multiple times about the state of his knee. Surely nobody would do that. And if they did that, would they expect us to buy it? I don't know. Now they're telling us he won't be, um, he won't be shut down as I make the transition over here. Christos uh, Porzingis won't be shut down. Did a big wink for those on audio. He won't be shut down. He won't be shut down. All right. I think he will be shut down at some point because the knee is a consistent problem and a persistent problem. I think he might play a couple of games. When that happens, I don't know. There's no reason for him to play with Beal out and the fact that he's actually got a legitimate injury which can last months. But if they could tell us that, it'd be awesome. It'd be sick, in fact. I, I That means we scoop Daniel Gafford because we don't know what's going to happen with Porzingis. But when Porzingis comes back, if he comes back, for how long he comes back, it is going to have an impact on Gaff. But I don't expect Porzingis to be there all season. And that'll do it for me today. Don't forget to follow this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on the Odyssey app. Just a quick note. Me putting funny injury designations for certain players is not me disrespecting them. I honestly, I side with players and injuries all the time. I, I, you know, I never believe that players are faking things. Um, and it's just me having a bit of fun with situations that are just wildly weird with bullshit coming from organizations. It's not on the players. It's on the organizations in nearly every one of these cases. In fact, in every one of these cases. So just in case anyone just thinks, oh, you're not taking this serious. It's these guys' livelihood. I fully side with the players in every one of these situations and take you take your health absolutely seriously but when organizations do absolute bullshit things, much like Jonathan Isaac or Christos Porzingis, it deserves to be called out. On YouTube, drop a comment down below, guys. We're done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.